another solid slate upcoming this weekend in the Pac-12. And uh, boy, I tell you, don't ever sleep on what can happen in a weekend of college football. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Lockdown Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Pack 12, which is why, if you haven't already, please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. Big shout out to everybody out there who has done so already. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKED ON, two words, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. I'm joined today on the show by Carter Bain, senior writer and editor at beaverblitz.com. You all know him by now if you're a regular listener or viewer of the show. Carter, your beeves are off, as are the Huskies, and we're going to do a little tease here on the show a bit later and just like an early kind of out-of-town preview for that particular showdown next Friday night in Seattle. What a game that will be. But uh, even without those two competitive teams in the Pac-12 playing, a lot of intrigue in, uh, in, in this week's slate. And it starts tonight as we record this what, at 5 p.m. on a Thursday? A little Pac-12 after dark on a weeknight. Should be fun. Utah, Washington State, both teams with some amazing helmets. Um, yes. It, it's it's going to be a fun one to watch because, uh, you know, Washington State, I feel like we both agree, is sneaky good. And Utah, you know, is, is one of those teams that feels like it's a little more on the vulnerable side as, as far as that top four goes. So, I don't know. It, it Crazy things can happen. It'll be fun to watch. Let's start with the Pac-12 championship picture. And by the way, the uniform game across the conference has been just phenomenal this year. Big shout out to everybody in the athletic departments in the Conference of Champions making that happen. But let's start big picture. Carter, how are you feeling right now with regards to each team's Pac-12 championship hopes? We know what the paths are. Oregon, the, the favorite right now. Certainly to at least get to the conference championship game without a league loss. And they've got Cal this weekend and then Colorado next week. You figure those will probably be a couple of wins. But then they've got tough games down the stretch against those teams who are on buys, Oregon State and Washington. Neither of those games are going to be easy. But what team are you most confident in right now? to get to the Pac-12 championship game. Let, let's say outside of Oregon because they're in a really good position, but of those three teams currently with one loss, who do you feel the best about? Well, I mean, I, I would have said Oregon, obviously, because the Ducks are undefeated. I, I do feel like, you know, it is very difficult to go undefeated in Pac-12 play. Oregon is usually good for a late season letdown anyway. So I, I do think there's a chance we see Oregon drop into that group of one loss teams before season's end. But with regard to the teams that already have one loss, I, I do still feel like USC has the best path just because it won't have the head to head against Oregon. Um, and I feel like that could potentially go in USC's favor if Utah is to beat Oregon. Um, Cause you know, then you'll go down the line and do the, the whole common opponent thing. Which um, is so much fun. And I just love <laughs> talking about it. it just so I mean, much. we had a, we had a blast talking about that last week. Um, yeah. But no, I, I do like, you know, I like USC's chances head to head against UCLA, uh, you know, then 
if if USC is not tied with UCLA, it's it's probably ahead of it. And if it is tied, then maybe it has the head to head with the Bruins. So I, I I like the Trojans' chances. I like Oregon's chances. I think those are the two teams that are most likely to get in at the moment. But as we know in this conference, like I just said, it's very difficult to go undefeated in conference play. It's very difficult to avoid late season letdowns because you know teams like Oregon State, Arizona State. You know, some of those like next group, Washington State, even uh, against Utah, you know, something could happen there. This is a conference where we see late season upsets more often than not. And in a season where so many teams are tied at the, you know, in the the top tier of the conference, one upset could create a a much different uh, conference championship outlook. I think when you look at the four teams that are there, USC has the clearest path, perhaps, except it's kind of similar to UCLA's. Now, if you feel better about the Trojans because their one loss was a nail-biter at Utah, whereas UCLA's was more of a a convincing, not a a blowout, right? Oregon had an 18-point lead at the half, but never felt like it was you know, the Ducks just pouring on or or trouncing them. They certainly played well. It was impressive and a statement sort of game to be sure. But UCLA, if that game is, you know, you had an onside kick in that game. If that's a neutral site or in LA, I think it's at least closer. The Ducks on that particular day showed themselves to be the better team. But the thing about USC and UCLA is they might be headed for the game of the year in the Pac-12, right? We all thought coming into the year it'd be Utah and USC, and that was still an incredible game. And that still is going to affect how this championship picture plays out as the season goes on. But the game of the year is setting up to be USC, UCLA in Los Angeles. That could be winner to the Pac-12 championship game because Oregon at Autzen this year has been, I mean, no one's challenged them, right? BYU didn't. They were they were down 31-7 and UCLA, you know, kind of hung around, but they trailed uh, after scoring an early field goal basically the entire game. Stanford didn't put up a fight. Uh, you know, obviously Eastern Washington did. It's so, like they've looked very good at home. They've historically been a very good team at Autzen Stadium. So if the Ducks hold serve on their home field, then you're setting up that battle of L.A. to be winner to the conference championship game, right? Because you look and you say, well, you know, it's hard to find the upsets and you never know, right? That's why this is so much fun. It's why we play the games. You never know when those crazy upsets are going to happen. But when you look at these schedules and the way these teams have played, it's it, it's not it's not easy to go through and say, oh, that could be a trap game. That could be an upset. It feels like USC and UCLA have already gotten past some of those games. It does feel like kind of a conference semifinal game in the works here. Um, I, I, you know, I haven't looked at the at the the rest of season schedules for both of those teams, but I know that you know, obviously UCLA has gotten its toughest games out of the way outside of the USC game. Um, so it, you know, it, it does feel like we're looking at two teams that are probably going to be at one loss going into that. Uh, that's what the second to last week of Pac-12 play. Do they still do that game a week before all the other? Yep, yep. That game's a week early because USC gets to host Notre Dame on on November twenty right. sixth. So we will so, get a little bit of clarity before we go into rivalry weekend because you know I think the USC UCLA portion will at least be sorted out. And I, I'm you know I'm curious as for you you covering the Ducks as as in depth as you do. 
if you're Oregon and you're kind of sitting in the catbird seat there and you're waiting to see who you're going to face, it, you'd rather you'd rather play USC, right? Like playing UCLA twice doesn't necessarily boost your resume as far as potentially sneaking your way into the top four. I think it's going to be difficult with that loss to Georgia on the resume in the fashion that they that they lost. Right. But don't you kind of want a, a USC on there rather than UCLA twice? As, as yeah, far as it, yeah. Resume? If you're Oregon and looking at it from a strength of schedule, you got to have USC for two reasons. Number one, and, and not Utah either, because being right. the same opponent in the eyes of the committee is not going to help you as much as you know, if Oregon were were to win out and play USC in the Pac-12 championship game, that is a much more compelling resume. If you're beating what would be a two-loss USC team that went 11 and one in the regular season, in addition to Utah right. and UCLA, like that, that's the best outcome for for the Ducks for you know the college football playoff. They have to win every game. That's that's asking a lot. All three Pac-12 teams, I think, can get there, though. UCLA would certainly have the weakest case because their non-conference was, you know, pretty laughable. Yeah. They'd still be in the conversation. But, I mean, I, I think that their schedule and, frankly, USC is kind of in that in, in that area as well. Like, Oregon's win against BYU. Now, BYU did lose to Notre Dame. So, if USC beats Notre Dame, then then maybe that, that helps them a bit in that sense. But USC's other non-conference opponents, Fresno State, they're having a little bit of a down year. They've had a backup quarterback. They did have Hainer healthy at that particular time. And then the other game was, was Rice. So there's no you know, signature win there, and you're relying on the, uh, the, the Pac-12 slate. But if either USC or UCLA were going to lose, or Oregon, for that matter, down the stretch, where might that happen? We'll talk about that after I remind you this episode brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. They've got a super easy-to-play, easy-to-get-started format, so you can play and gamble, win cold hard cash in a game while you watch your favorite team Play Whether you are a USC fan wanting to take Caleb Williams over or whether you're a UCLA fan wanting to take Zach Charbonnet over total or rushing yards, they've got all those sorts of props. So go check them out. It's easy to play, available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team. Doesn't have to just be your team. Decide if they will finish higher or lower. It's that easy. It's one of the easiest fantasy to play games out there and you can win cash in a game you're watching live. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. One word and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. It's that simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On to get in on the college football pick'em action today. So the remaining schedules do not present a very clear and obvious loss in Pac-12 play with regards to the conference championship game. You know, I don't know how Notre Dame will be playing by the end of the year. I, I think that's probably the most losable game outside of the the battle for Los Angeles that, that the Trojans have on their schedule. But here's the one I want to throw out there at you, at you, Carter. I feel like every year since Justin Wilcox has been Cal's head coach, they're never great. They're never a train wreck. And it kind of feels like each year they either come very close to or pull an upset that nobody expects. And USC and UCLA both have Cal there. I I just wonder, like, that's the only one, right? USC's got Arizona this week. I think that's a terrible matchup for the Wildcats. That's going to make it in the Pac-12 prime picks later. 
Then they have Cal. They do have that game at home. Then Colorado. That Those you know both feel like wins at UCLA and then against Notre Dame. And then UCLA has got Stanford this week. I, again, love the Bruins. Might make it in the Pac-12 prime picks. At Arizona State, maybe. Maybe that's a trip up. Arizona at home, I don't think the... The Wildcats can stop UCLA's offense, then USC, and then they go at Cal. I think if you look at those two, you'd probably say UCLA's is a little tougher with, you know, Cal being on the road and Arizona State being on the road, I guess. But, I mean, it it, it's, it just sounds wrong to say, well, you know, both teams are going to win out and one will be 10-2 and two, one will be 11-1. and one. Like, maybe with how they're playing, but you can't be a prisoner of the moment and assume that what you see now will play itself out week in and week out. The beauty of it is for USC that that Notre Dame game has absolutely no bearing on the conference title race. So, True. like, you know, if, if we're looking at that as being the Trojans' toughest game left, like, you know, so be it. Let's just focus on UCLA and, and we'll call it good for, for the Trojans. You raise an interesting point with Cal because you know how those games are going to play out. If the Golden Bears are... I mean, not necessarily like firing on all cylinders or anything, but you know, like if they're playing the kind of game they want to play, it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be they're first. Gonna to, it it's going to be first to 24, 28 points wins. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be very few possessions. A turnover or two might swing the game in one direction or another. So that does feel a little dangerous. Anytime you're talking about a team potentially pulling an upset, what kind of team is it that does it? It's the kind of team that can really just make it kind of a gross-looking game. Um, you know, limit possessions, win the time of possession battle. And and that's the kind of team that Cal is. And and as you, as you said, has been under Justin Wilcox. Um, I think, you know, your point about both of UCLA's quote unquote toughest games being on the road, that's a factor that we have to consider. But I mean, if, if UCLA is legit as it does appear to be, those are must win games, right? Like we would be, like still somewhat shocked if, if the Bruins lost those. Yeah, I, I agree. And then looking at Oregon and Utah, the Ducks go at Cal, then at Colorado. I, I don't think they have any issues there, though, for the reason you might not think, especially given uh, my, my personal history, as uh, many of you know, that Cal game is interesting. At Colorado, then Washington, Utah at home, then at Oregon State. I mean, that's the toughest stretch by far. And, I mean, it just underscores how big that win against UCLA was for the Ducks to still be undefeated because, look, in the grand scheme of things, is it the toughest schedule in the world? No. You get Washington and Utah at home. Specifically having Utah at home, that's big. But those two road games at Cal, at Colorado, if you're talking about playing three or five on the road, those are kind of the easiest places to play because Colorado has a great home environment, doesn't have a great team. Cal, not a great team, also not a not a great home environment. And then Utah's got Washington State later tonight. And, and as you're listening to this, the outcome of that game has been decided. I think Utah will be able to get it done. Then there are Arizona, Stanford at Oregon, at Colorado. That again feels like outside of Oregon, you just don't see the, the upset potential, that's why you call it an upset, right? It's unexpected. It's surprising. You never know. But when I think about these games and which of these teams could could stumble, I just look at Cal and think of their history. Their pass defense hasn't been great this year, but they gave Washington's offense fits. Washington moved the ball, but they didn't put it in the end zone. And Cal had a second-half lead, even though they didn't score in that first half. Is there another team 
you know, Arizona's Arizona is on these schedules for teams. Uh, you see Arizona State in there a, a couple times. Stanford. Do you think any of those could pull an upset against one of these? I don't know if we want to call them the big four, but the, the top four teams. Oregon State. I think that, <laughs> I think that game at the end of the year. Yeah. You know, going to the Ducks have to go to Corvallis. It's an interesting yep. environment this year with the stadium at half capacity. But they I've play great there, at home. I mean, I've been there what four times now, three, four times this season already. It is loud in there. And one factor about Reeser Stadium that I mean, this will like this will never be factored into anything, but it's legitimate. Is as the season progresses, that west side gets more and more steel and concrete on it and traps more noise in. So it gets louder and, you know, the student section, I think at Oregon state is, is highly underrated. Um, that is going to be a very tough environment for Oregon. And I think the Beavers match up really well there in that Oregon state might have one of the best secondaries in all of college football. They're good. And Oregon's biggest strength, I, I think offensively outside of the offensive line, which has just been otherworldly is the yeah. passing game. I mean, Bo Nix has entered into the Heisman race, I would say. Um, I feel like Oregon State matches up pretty well against him there in in that um, in that manner. So potential slip up for Oregon. Do I see two losses on Oregon's schedule? I don't know. Utah is going to be interesting for you know all the reasons that I mean, obviously the Utes kind of had their number last year. It's in Austin, which which helps Oregon out. But I, it, that does feel like the toughest three game stretch of of any Pac-12 team remaining to, to have far. to play to have to play a top four team. To have to play Washington, which is a a rivalry for the Ducks, and and b Washington's a six and two team, and then to have to go to Oregon State, a place where the Beavers have won, what like nine games in the last season and a half. So, I believe that's correct. I think they're nine and one in their last ten in Reeser. Sounds right. I, I should know that because I just wrote about it like three days ago. <laughs> but yeah, they were they were eight. And, yes, you're right. So they were eight and one going into the Colorado game since the start of 2021. They're now nine and one. So, you know, obviously Oregon's going to have to lose two of those games if it's going to miss the Pac-12 title. I feel like at this point, like the Ducks have a leg up on on the rest of that top four. I don't know if I see two losses there, but I do probably see one. Um, I like I said earlier, it's it's just really tough to go undefeated in this conference. Um, so I, I I could see the Ducks slipping up. They're probably still going to be in the title conversation, even if they do. Nobody has gone nine and zero since it became the Pac-12. The last team in the Pac to do it was Oregon in 2010, and then it expanded the next year. No one's been unbeaten in the league play since. Let the record reflect that I knew something off the top of my head about the Beavs that Carter did not. I just want to document this historic occasion, monumentous day. All right. Anyway, moving on from uh, from that. Before we get to uh, the Pac-12 prime picks, Carter. When, when, when we're talking about upsets, the teams that are coming up on these schedules or the teams that are coming up on the schedules for these four often, Arizona, Colorado, Cal, Stanford, a lot of those. And you can throw in Arizona State. Of those five, do you feel like what – I feel like the team most likely of that group to pull a conference-altering, ground-shaking upset, I actually feel like it's Arizona. Because they're the only team who I fully trust on one side of the ball. Now, I fully distrust them on the other side. 
But I look at Colorado. I got nothing to rely on on either side of the ball. I look at Arizona State. Both sides have been really inconsistent this year, right? Poor defense, great offense against Washington. Great defense, poor offense in, in their in their loss to Stanford. Like they've been in and out. And then Stanford themselves, I I I'm I don't think they're quite back yet. Maybe their defense is starting to make some strides, but I kind of feel like it could be Arizona. You get into a shootout, Dolores slinging it around. Is that a crazy thing to suggest? No, no, absolutely not. They're going to have to win in shootout fashion, though. You know, yes. that's a, like they're going to have to score 45 points to do it. But they do have one of the more underrated, if if not just the best offenses in the Pac-12. I mean, they've got some it's serious good. firepower down there in in, Tempe, or, uh, in Tucson. Um, Low-key Stanford, like, just keeps getting better somehow. You know, I, I feel like the Cardinal have have yeah. shown they've shown some things in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, fifteen points against ASU and no touchdowns is is laughable. The win against Notre Dame isn't like entirely impressive, but I feel like that's a good win for a Stanford team that I had no expectations for coming into the year. They looked pretty solid for, I mean, fifty eight minutes against Oregon State. Like, I, I feel like that's a team that's kind of trending upwards. I don't know that it's going to give any of the top four teams a whole lot of trouble. But sneakily, maybe they make a game out of one or one or two of those matchups. Um, but yeah, the the Arizona offense I think is probably the best group of any of those teams on either side of the ball. It's just unfortunate the that the Wildcats pretty much are in you know completely inept on on the defensive side. But top uh, they're 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 top five in in yards per year, top six I believe in uh, in yards per game this year the the Wildcats offense yeah they're sitting at uh, at six right now but I think that's more testament to the great offenses we've seen because Arizona 466 total yards a game they're second in the conference in passing yards a game second only to Washington Dolores and he's got good weapons too T-Mac is good Cowing's really good Dorian when Dorian Singer's your number three wide receiver you're doing something right as an offense. They don't run it consistently because their offensive line is uh, is is just okay. And those of you watching on YouTube may notice that I look like an Oompa Loompa at the moment, and I don't have an answer as as to why. But uh, on that note, Carter, it's time for another edition of the Pac-12 Prime Picks. Back to the winning ways, hoping to keep it rolling, all double-digit spreads to choose from this week. And uh, the first one, there we go, normalize. I don't know. I don't understand technology. No, you're nope, orange nope, again nope, now. Nope, <laughs> now it's back. Okay, anyway, so uh, maybe it's that Oregon State statistic, and it's just you know Probably. Filtering, filtering over. Yeah, nailing it. Got it for me. So first one I want to hit, Cal getting 17 points at home. The Bears' defense hasn't been quite as good as you expect it to be, but I watched them play Washington and they were bend, but don't break. And they ran it to perfection. I think Wilcox just senses a, a lack of, of talent on that, on that back end compared to what they usually have. And they will keep everything in front and then they will put their foot in the ground and say, no, you're not going to score a touchdown here. And if you keep Oregon to, to a field goal, just a couple times and their red zone offense is vastly improved, but it's been an issue at times this season, it's been really good the last few weeks, but they, they've shown the potential to be slowed down in the red zone. If you just do that, I think Oregon wins this game. I don't think they're on upset alert, but I could see like a backdoor cover here for Cal, especially if Oregon, you know, gets a 25 or a 20 point lead or so. And then the backups get in Oregon's defense in those moments has been porous. 
I feel like the number feels just about right. You know, like Oregon's probably, I mean, if we're being honest, Oregon's probably more than 17 points better than California, but like the Golden Bears, as I just said, do have a tendency to kind of muck things up, play really ugly football, uh, slow the other team down and, and just, you know, just kind of say, all right, get to 28 points and beat us. Um, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know that I would lean one way or another on, on that number just because of, of like you said, it, it does kind of feel like it has some backdoor potential there for the Golden Bears. Um, but I, I feel like the number's, you know, pretty fair. Here's another one. USC, this is my favorite pick of the weekend. And and through my struggles picking these games, my favorite picks have, uh, for the most part, continued to thrive. I really, really like USC minus 15 at Arizona. I talked about it on yesterday's show. I think this is a terrible matchup for the Wildcats. Jaden Delora has had a tendency to turn it over. USC has had it. I won't be surprised if there's a pick six in this game. And in fact, I'm going to full on make that uh, prediction. I think Jaden Delores throws a pick six in this game. He'll throw for some yards as well. You can do that against USC, but Arizona is not going to come close. I'll be surprised if USC punts more than once. I might even be surprised if they punt once in this game. And though I like Arizona's offense, it's not on USC's level. I think this is a, gosh, I honestly think it could be 48, 49 to somewhere in the 20s. I, I really, really do. That might be on the conservative end for for USC. I mean, I, I feel like the Trojans could put a 50 spot plus on, on the Wildcats. Yeah, they could. Um, here's a factor for you. Lincoln Riley off a of bye week. Would you bet against that no matter what the number is? Mm, mm, that's a great point. With, Boy, with I think I should offense, double down. With that offense against Arizona's defense, yeah, I USC could could just roll that thing. All right, last one of the week. I like all the California schools this week, Carter. I'm going UCLA minus 16 at home against Stanford. The Cardinal, you said that they've they've been a little improved. Maybe they're playing a little bit better, but at the end of the day, you know what? I still don't think this is a great Stanford team. I think Arizona State is just not that good, and Stanford's offense still hasn't played well. It's their defense that has stepped up. But if you're telling me that's what Stanford needs to hang around with the Bruins, I am trusting that UCLA offense over the Stanford defense, especially at home. What's that number again? 16. Even it's okay. it's 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 right at 16. I liked it 16 and a half as well. If it was over 17, I might have looked at the Colorado-Arizona State game where I think Colorado probably covers that 13 and a half, but they've burned me too many times to get back into the Pac-12 prime picks uh, here this season. So UCLA minus 16. Again, I, I feel like it's going to be 40s to 20s. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, because I feel like Stanford's defense has played relatively well the last couple of weeks. I, the Cardinal just don't have much on the offensive side of the ball, which is, it no. feels weird to say because they have Tanner McKee on their, <laughs> you know, running the, calling the shots there. But yeah, their offensive line's pretty iffy. Yeah, it feels like, you know, so UCLA's offense is obviously very good and it's going up against a solid defense. Stanford's offense isn't very good and it's going up against a defense that I don't think is very great at UCLA. So it does feel like, you know, Stanford's got some sort of a, you know, some, you know, a little bit of a favorable matchup on that side of the ball, but I don't necessarily think that it's enough for the Cardinal to hang with the Bruins. Um, but I, I don't, that number does feel a little big to me, especially with mm. UCLA coming off of a loss. You know, maybe they're, maybe the spirits were crushed a little bit. They're not undefeated anymore. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I might lean Stanford on that. I'm not going to lie. 
All these odds, of course, provided by Bet Online for this week's edition of the Pac-12 Prime Picks. Carter Baines, appreciate it. As always, my man, senior editor and writer at BeaverBlitz.com. His team off this week, but the Pac-12 in full swing. And what a weekend it could be. It could be a weekend of blowouts, or it could be a weekend of upsets. You never know. That's why we watch, isn't it? That's the Pac-12 for you. Yes, indeed. I appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. Enjoy the football, whichever team you're supporting, and have a wonderful rest of your day.